It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 708 on a Saturday morning, 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape and bring a little happiness and ease to it as well. I'll tell you the easy way to get rid of some of these weeds and some of these problems you might have. And all you have to do is give me a call, 404-872-0750. Comes now Robert in Riverdale with grass that's yellowing in his lawn. Hey, Robert, good morning. Robert, are you there? Robert, come on. Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. What's going on, Robert? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll make this brief. Uh, I was cleaning out my garage the other day, right? And I have a glass door in there that I took off the back door of my house. Yeah. I laid it on the grass. I completely forgotten about it. And it was a hot day that day. And with the glass reflecting on the grass, it turned that portion of the grass yellow. Yeah, yeah. And now you're wondering yeah. what's going to happen next uh, yes on. sir I, I we just moved into the house i'm just trying to get the landscape i'm just yeah. not trying to get the landscape straight do you know what kind of grass if it's bermuda zoysia fescue do you know what kind it is robert uh sir i i i have no idea even yeah. i even tried to ask the, uh, the uh, former owner of the house and she didn't know either <laughs> and you won't find out really until the winter time if it if it turns brown during the winter then you know it's not fescue fescue is green during the winter and um bermuda zoysia centipede st augustine they all turn sort of a, a brown color so here's what i would do in the time being if you don't know what grass you have is simply you've already taken the do- door off i'm sure and water it enough to keep the soil moist but not soggy soggy and if you've had rain like i've had rain you don't need to water it for at least another four or five days maybe but sometimes it depends just on the amount of time the glass was on top of the grass as to how long or how how much the grass has been affected by that heat but it is a great example robert of a process that some gardeners use when they have a vegetable area they got weeds and things in it and they do a thing called solarization to kill weeds and what you do is you have your bed you put clear plastic over the top of it on a sunny day it raises the soil temperature high enough to kill all the weeds in the in the bed and so you now from practical experience know a little bit more about solarization and how it's done and clear is the way to do it clear glass clear plastic over the uh, garden bed is the way to get it done not black plastic so clear plastic is a better way to solarize and in your case clear glass maybe killed it but we'll see when a couple of couple of weeks has gone by okay okay but but that's a good idea though i'm, I'm, I'm gonna try i'm gonna try to my flower beds you know with the clear plastic and when the sun's out cause yeah. i thought about that too i said okay well uh, let me let me talk to the expert. See what he knows. <laughs> Not much sometimes, Robert. But thanks for calling. Okay, thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. You bet. We'll see you soon. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty gets you in to take Robert's place. We got Don in Douglasville. Hey, Don. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I'm okay. going to find out something about my centipede grass. Talk to me. Can I use thirteen o thirteen to fertilize it with this time of the year? Let's see, we're in August. I wouldn't do a full fertilization, but there's nothing wrong with a little half strength. It's a 13-13-13-0-13. If you divide that into uh, 100, how much does 13 into 100 come out to? 
seven or so. So about seven pounds would be a full fertilization. If you go five pounds per thousand square feet, I think you'd be safe. Uh, sure I, I got some kind of little weeds. It looks like kind of like lespedes or something. Yeah, sure. It's real tiny leaves, I think about three to a group. Could be lespedes. It's like crazy on yeah. the ground. Yeah. My centipede. Yeah. Can I use atrazine to get rid of that? If you have some atrazine, that would work fine. Atrazine is a very effective broadleaf weed killer, and it doesn't affect centipede much at all. Yeah. All right, I got some that's 40% atrazine. So. Mix it up correctly. The atrazine that I have is very creamy. It's very thick kind of stuff, so you really have to shake it good, mix it in with the water real well, or else it'll just fall to the bottom of the sprayer and won't get mixed up with the water. So be careful with that. Just mix it all up, right, follow it the label directions. Uh, Say again? Use tablespoonfuls per gallon of water, and that's for 1,000 square feet. Yeah. So mix it up really, really well. Shake it good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your help. You have a great day. Yourself so the same, Don. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Joyce Indicator. Joyce joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joyce. Hello. Good morning. Yes, my name is Joyce, and um, I have sweet potatoes. Yeah. And now I can see the little potatoes backs coming up out yeah. the ground. When yeah, do yeah. I harvest them or do I leave them like that or cover them up or what? You try to harvest them a week before the first frost comes. When sweet potatoes get frosted, when the frost kills the leaves, my experience is is they taste a little a little off, you know, if you wait that long. And so you listen to the weather report. You see what Brad or, or Kurt says about the weather. They said the first freeze of the season, first frost of the season. Here we are in late October probably. So you can harvest them safely any time between now and then. But if you want the biggest size on them, then you wait a little bit later than, than right now. You wait till at least the middle or end of September. Okay, now do, do I cover up what I see? popping up or just leave it like it is? Sometimes it'll turn green just like Irish potatoes turn yeah, green in the sunshine. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. Yeah, so cover it up. Put a little, get a little bucket of dirt and go out there and cover up all those little uh, pieces of sweet potato you see above ground. Yeah, you want to protect those from the sunshine. But aren't you proud oh. of yourself? Aren't you proud of yourself, Joyce? I'm real these? happy. I harvested them last time yeah. when they started coming up, but then I was remembering I thought you told me that they needed to stay to but they wouldn't they didn't taste sweet at all yeah it was just potatoes okay <laughs> well we got a few more weeks anyway before you dig them up but harvest them and send me a picture of what the sweet potato pie looks like oh man my daughter make the best ones <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much Joyce thanks for calling great call thank you so mm-hmm. much we've got Bye-bye. Janice in Dallas Janice joins us on Lawn and Garden hey Janice good morning Good morning. How can I help? Um, I have a rose bush that I have had for almost 20 years. And it blooms big, beautiful roses, and it smells wonderful. Great. But this year, it put on vines and roses, like knockout roses. Huh. Have you ever heard anything like that? Well, it sounds like uh, my rose. What's the name of that thing in the backyard? Yes, I have a rose in my backyard which is supposed to have real pink, fragrant flowers, and it bloomed just perfectly for a couple of years. Then all of a sudden, there were these red flowers on it that had no scent at all. And when I looked and investigated, I found out the real reason. It's a grafted rose, and the sprouts that have red flowers on them were coming from underneath the graft. And they were so vigorous, they pretty much crowded out all the pink flowers. And I ended up having to dig the whole thing up because my pink flowering part was dead, and the graft, the grafted rootstock had taken over everything. So that's probably, it sounds like, what happened to yours. The rootstock took over. 
So the best thing for us to do is move it. Um, prune out all the limbs that have red flowers on them. You said yours was pink. Is that right? No, mine's red. Okay. Well, red, but they came out like knockout roses. Yeah. So the ones that come out like knockout rose, they don't have any fragrance to them, cut those off as close to the origination point as you can and let the ones that have fragrance and the color and everything that you've enjoyed for 20 years, let those stay on the, on the plant. Alrighty, thank you. It's a common thing to happen. I mean, most everybody who buys roses looks a little bit to see where the graft union is and tries to plant the rose so the graft union is just above touching, really, the soil surface, and they're less likely, usually, to uh, sprout out right there. But if you put the graft union underneath the soil surface, many times it'll sprout. You'll get completely different-looking rose flowers and fragrance from them because they're just some wild rose that was selected for its ability to have a real big root system, but not for its flowers that, uh, that you wanted to have on it. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you so much. Thanks for calling, Janice. 404-872-0750 is the number you can call to get your question answered. Jim is Swan. He wants to know a little bit more about pre-emergence that don't seem to be working on his lawn. Someone wants to know about how to get rid of mushrooms. And Julian down in Hateville has a question about his landscape as well. We'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically, it's going to be cloudy most of the day. Highs in the low 90s maybe, but partly cloudy throughout. The lows tonight are the highest tonight, I guess, in the high 60s. You get your full weekend forecast coming up on News 95.5 and AM 750 in just 10 minutes. We're going to give away the WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack. Rachel Perry, who's screening calls and actually is absent this morning, is thinking of a number between 2 and 5 to determine who wins the weekend prize pack, which includes a pair of tickets to see Michael McDonald in concert Monday, December 14th at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents, plus four tickets to the Fall Atlanta Home Show, September 11th through 13th, the Cobb Galleria Center. Miss Perry, what number between two and seven, two and five? Pick a number. That'll be caller number four. Caller number four to our contest line, which is 404 741 0750 dial carefully don't wake anybody up by dialing incorrectly thanks for doing that rachel it's 725 and let's go to who is this chris chris is in stockbridge and joins us hey chris good morning good morning walter how you doing today all right what's up two questions um i'm, I'm noticing some um mushrooms popping up in my front uh of the lawn yeah and crabgrass is absolutely killing me. <laughs> so what's your question? What can I do to get rid of both of them? Mm, nothing on the mushrooms, so you don't have to go very far with that. Mushrooms are common when you have several days of rainy weather like we've had. And a mushroom is just a flower, if you will, of a fungus that's either underground or right close to the surface decomposing thatch and other things in your lawn or maybe where a tree root was that died. And so those mushrooms pop up and quote-unquote flower, and they give spores to the surrounding area, and that's where the mushrooms came from originally is the spore that was scattered there by a mushroom years and years ago. So there's really and truly nothing much you can do about them other than pick them, put them in a basket, and throw them away in the garbage. They're really not a preventer or a killer or a, 
uh, you know, mushroom be gone kind of product at all. Just pick it up, get rid of it if you want to. Hit it with a golf club. That's what a lot of people do. Um, and as for crabgrass, the key there is at least one, if not two, applications of pre-emergent chemicals at least before the crabgrass germinates in the spring. So typically I recommend sometime in middle March to get a crabgrass pre-emergent, put it out, water it in real good like the label says, and then wait until mid Mid-June is about right for another application, and that just sort of strengthens the first one so that you have continuous coverage of this little layer of chemical on top of the soil that keeps all the seeds from uh, crabgrass from germinating. But one or maybe two applications is what you need. So there's really nothing we can do right now. we just got to uh, yeah. wait out the rest yeah, of the Yeah, right now. The crabgrass has already dropped about a million seeds in your lawn. There's really nothing you can do about that. The time to do the crabgrass work is next spring, next March. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I guess I have to start working on it, like I said, like you said, in March and um, hit it early, and hopefully we can get it right this time. You got it. That's exactly right. Thanks for calling, Chris. Take care. Thank you. 727 at News Talk WSB, and Jim's still waiting on us. We'll get to him first in line in the next hour. Julian in Hateville has a grapevine that died but's come back, and he wants to know a little advice about what to do about that. Alex in Cumming wants to breed crepe myrtles. That would be an interesting project. And then Rosemary in Forsyth wants to knock out, swap, swap the knockout roses for crepe myrtles that she has. You can add your name to the list, 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 736 on a Saturday morning, 72 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape, figuring out all the things you ought to be doing and how to get away from doing them the hard way. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. And we go to the phone lines and see who, what people have on their mind. Julian, Julian, Julian's in Hapeville, Georgia, and joins us. Hello, Walter. Hey, Julian, what's up? Uh, a couple years ago, you said to put in two new grapevines. I did. One of them died oh. a couple months later. Uh, after it was dead and I broke it off, it came back. Wow, good, 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 good. So, so what's the I, question? Should I kill it and plant a new one, or should I nurse it for a year N- or so? Nurse it through. I'm all for nursing it through and not spending money. How big is it now? How long are the whips it's, on it now? It's about three foot tall, but the leaves are smaller than the than its sister plant. Hmm. They're not, they don't look right. Right. If it sprouted back up from the same root system as the one that originally was there, there shouldn't be any difference, really, unless it's just young and got different size leaves because it is so young. So my inclination is to say leave it, but if you have any doubt that it is uh, different from the one you originally planted and wanted there, then sure, dig it up and replant another one in the place. Uh, Could it have been, if it was purchased at the big box, could it have been grafted? So the root stock is different? Very unlikely. I, I don't know the grapes other than the wine grapes um, <laughs> that you find in California. It just, no. What, was these muscadines or bunch grapes? Just bunch grapes. 
Mm, I don't really grape. know much about propagation on bunch grapes as to whether the typical things are grafted or not. You know, if you want to be safe, I guess, Julian, if you want to be safe and not sorry, dig it up, plant another one in its place. That way you know what you have and you um, have maybe a little bit bigger plant even sometimes. Super. Okay, thank you. You bet, Julian. Thanks for calling. Good luck with it. Thanks. 38 minutes past the hour, and uh, let's see. Let's go to Alex. Is incoming up in Forsyth County. Hey, Alex. Good morning. Good morning to you. How you doing? All right. What's going on? All right. Um, I put in three ball and burlap dynamite crepe myrtles this spring. Yeah. Uh, about 10 to 12 feet tall, and uh, they just never leafed out. Hmm. Um, I was thinking we might have had them cut at the wrong time of year but we had other varieties the same size and right. they all leafed out and uh they're doing well right now yeah yeah um they're still green in the stems and they're still alive on the inside but they yeah. just never wanted to bloom I don't want to argue too much with you, Alex, but if they have no leaves on them right now, they may be sort of maybe a little bit alive inside, but they're so far gone, they're not going to come back. If they don't have leaves right now, uh, dig them up and cut your losses, they're not a crepe myrtle going to come back from that. Yeah, so we might as well just dig them up yeah. and place them. Yeah, yeah. They probably got dried out or something happened at the nursery before you got them even, but yeah. if they have no leaves right now, that's the end of the story. They're dead. Hey, why have you? Um, we also put in a couple of Kusa dogwood. Yeah, sure. And um, we put them in in the winter time, and we put some in in the springtime. But all the new ones that we put in this year, uh, they're drooping. All the leaves are kind of drooping mm-hmm. and curling over. I was wondering if it was a heat issue from the summer, yeah, or a- maybe just not enough water. Could be. I mean, it, it very likely is sort of the same thing that happened to the previous plants. They dried out a little bit. It is. It takes a while for the root ball, whether it's ball and burlap or bare root or container-grown uh, material, it takes a while for the roots to really start spreading out and being able to find their own water, their own nutrients, and things that they need. And so if you're not really astute about watering, particularly spring-planted trees, shrubs, evergreens, the spring planted ones are so much more likely to have stress and water stress that you maybe don't even realize until you see the whole plant turning brown. The Leland cypress is a great example that we had a call about a half an hour ago. And we got that planted these Leland cypress and they were dying now. He planted them in April. Man, they it's just hardly any other answer other than they got dried out and they're going going to the compost pile. So, uh, again, for yours, my guess is is they got dried out somewhere and now are no longer longer profitable to keep. You're going to have to get something else. Hey, well, I got you, too. Um, I went to horticulture school, and I don't think I could have ever passed without using your book (laughs) as a cheat sheet for every single thing. I got to thank you personally for helping me pass... uh, Past my hey, that's classes. good. That's good. <laughs> you know, I didn't right, take well, horticulture. You may not know this, Alex, but I never had a horticulture class in my life. I was a chemistry major. But really? because of my experience living on a farm in poor old rural Fayette County when I was a kid, I knew just from personal work from my mother, my father, my grandmother in the garden, you know, I knew how plants worked, how they grow, how to transplant, how to fertilize, how to prune, how to do all this other stuff, simply because my dad would take me out and say, hey, prune this 
you know, fertilize that, transplant the other. And so, you know, in my in my experience, it hasn't come from book learning. Like you, you went to college and you got a horticulture class. But for me, it's mostly just observation and being trained by the University Extension Service over the mm-hmm. years. So that's where I get my knowledge from, and I'm glad you found a little help from, from a book. Yes, it's my Bible. It stays in my truck with me every day. <laughs> Great, Alex. Glad to, glad to <laughs> hear right. that. Good talking to you. You too. Thanks. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Alex's place. Let's go to Rosemary in Forsyth County. Rosemary, hey, good morning. Hi, Walter. Thanks for helping us out with these crepe myrtles. Sure. Um, I want to replace my knockout roses with a crepe myrtle bush. Okay. And um, I need to, I've heard that they they send runners and sprout off and is it going to be a problem to? Is that going to be a problem, growth-wise, to replace these knockout roses with that? No. On the other, if you flip that around and said, uh, "I'm going to replace my crepe myrtles with knockout roses," yes, it would be a problem. <laughs> crepe myrtles are real famous for putting up root sprouts 10, 15, 20 feet away from the mother plant. And but knockout roses don't, to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever seen a knockout that has sprouts uh, once you took it out of the ground. So planting your new crepe myrtle in the place of the knockout should be no problem at all. No, I mean the crepe myrtles sprouting. After you've planted them to replace the rose, you mean? Right. Only if you heavily top them and prune them in the winter or spring every year, that's when the sprouts start coming. Is the plant's pretty stressed. It doesn't particularly like being cut back, and so crepe myrtles, when they're stressed, they think to themselves, I'm being threatened by this gardener, by this rosemary person with those sharp things that cut off my limbs, and I'm going to sprout out new little babies somewhere else in the landscape. Maybe she won't notice them. So that's what's going on, is if you heavily prune a crepe myrtle, it's much more likely to have root sprouts coming up around it than if you just leave it alone and choose the right one to begin with so it never gets too big and needs pruning. Okay, so they don't send underground runners? Not, they won't send, they will send underground roots, yes, but the roots will not sprout, no, as long as you leave it alone. Okay, now, and and these uh, bush crepe myrtles stay you know what, three or four feet tall, right? Right, yeah. I mean, if that's what it says on the label, whichever variety you Yeah, get. yeah, read the directions. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great, because uh, the, we've got a, I've got a problem with uh, the rosette. Yeah, the rose rosette, yeah. Now you can't plant any roses much in, in that vicinity, so you have to get rid of them and put the crates. Yeah, 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 we pulled them all out. They're all out, and so we'll, we'll, try, we'll try something else. And the crepe myrtle, the, the issue is having color all through the summer. Sure. And those crepe myrtles are really good at doing that. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I realize they will just, you know, defoliate in the winter, but um, maybe that's the price you have to pay. <laughs> I think you made a good choice, Rosemary. I think you're fine. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very for calling. much. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. I noticed I drove, uh, not drove, I walked up the street to see how my neighbor's gardens look. And as you know, many times I'll mention my neighbors here because I've learned so much from solving some of their problems. And my neighbor Kim has uh, several roses in the front of his yard um, right close to his mailbox. And I gave him those roses, I don't know, 10, oh, five, six, maybe years ago. And I noticed last year that they had rose rosette. Rosemary just mentioned that. Rose rosette is a virulent disease that gets on roses. It causes the ends of the branches to get sort of brushy looking. They have thousands of thorns on it. They 
turn a real deep red color when you have rose rosette on a rose. And once you have it on a rose, the only cure for it, as Rosemary did herself, is to dig it up and throw it away. Do not leave it in the landscape. And so I noticed that uh, Kim had gotten a little bit of rose rosette on his roses, and I said, you really need to dig them up and get rid of them. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to wait and see what happens. And so he waited and waited, and then finally, I think, uh, conviction hit him. <laughs> so I saw that Kim had dug up his roses and got rid of them. Congratulations, Kim. Now's the time. Get them out of there. We don't want more rose rosette in the neighborhood. It surely is a devastating disease of roses. If you want to see pictures, of course, go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and type in rose rosette. You'll sure enough see a lot of bad-looking roses. Latissa is in Douglasville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Latissa. Good morning. Hey, what can we do for you, Latissa? Well, I have uh, some roses I planted like 12 years ago, yeah. and uh, they have like black spots all on the leaves and on the just everywhere on them. They still make some flowers, but yeah. not very many anymore. So I'm it, trying to figure out what's wrong. I was thinking it might be a fungus and whether or not I should just pull them up. Well, yeah, it is a fungus. It's called black spot. <laughs> you know, its name is what it does. It makes black spot on leaves of roses, and so the disease is named black spot. And once it's sort of spread throughout your rose or roses in the landscape, it's mm -hmm. pretty hard to control it by anything other than spraying with a fungicide. You just about have to spray with a fungicide. And even better is to spray with two different uh, chemical fungicides in the spring when you are first seeing the green leaves come out on those roses to spray them okay. to protect them and then about four weeks later spray again with a different product a different chemical that will keep the protection going with a different direction of how it uh, controls the fungi so okay. um, but pike sells uh, bonide infused and i think infused has a label to be sprayed on roses for black spot and uh, let's see there must be another dacanil is one you see at nurseries all the time dacanil could be used as well and sort of swap okay. between those two over a growing season and that'll keep black spot at, at bay pretty easily Oh, okay, so I don't need to pull it out then? <laughs> Not necessarily. If it's still got some leaves that are reasonably looking, if it's reasonably healthy looking, it's still got some flowers on it, it's worth a try. Mm -hmm. It's worth a try to wait till next spring and swap back and forth between the fungicides and see if you can get the black spot, spot under control that way. So now, if I decide to pull it out, do I need to treat the soil or something? Nah. So the biggest thing is to get those leaves out. If you can kind of sweep or if you've got mulch underneath the plant, do not leave the mulch in place. Just take everything around that and sort of sanitize the area by taking the leaves and the mulch and everything. Put them in a bag. Put them out of your landscape. Okay. All right. Great. Sounds, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Atisa. Good talking to you. Okay. Bye. It's 748. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much typical summer weather today. It's going to be cloudy for most of the day. Highs in the very low 90s and then overnight the cloudy conditions stay with 30% chance of thunderstorms. Lows in the upper 60s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable weather forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, tomorrow you can pick up the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Not only do they have in-depth news coverage, but also coupons. You can clip and save up to $226 by 
buying the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Sunday edition. Brian is at Eatonton, Georgia, and Brian joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brian, hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm all right. What's going on in Putnam County? Uh, hot. But, um, <laughs> it's not yeah. as hot as it's going to be. A little bit hotter this afternoon. Great. I got some issues with my Leland Cypress. I got about 11-year-old Leland Cypress. You can imagine they've gotten pretty big. I yeah. lost one completely last year, but some of the lower limbs are turning brown, get brittle. My mm-hmm. question is, is that just a, a water issue? Because some of my other ones are fine that are in the same you know, line along the fence, yeah. but some are just getting that you know, yellow brittle. And that's this last deluge of rain we've had. It seems like they, they have perked up a little bit. Sure. If the leaves are brown on the bottom of the plant, they're not likely to come back. So I would say cut them off and you know just get get rid of the limbs if there's any kind of canker fungus or something on them. There's not a lot of fungicidal material that can do much for the things that kill Leland cypress. Almost always the Lelands have, uh, let me see, they have the uh, Botrysferia canker and they have the Ceridium canker. There's another one in there too, and they just the fungicides don't work very well against cankers. So all you can do really is take off the dead limbs and pitch them. So just with a pair of pruning shears, yeah. just clip it at yeah. the, the spot that it seems to be. And you know, if, it, if it looks sort of ugly to have that bare trunk with uh, the greenery up higher on the tree, then you can plant low-growing evergreen shrubs or maybe perennials there. Uh, I know a guy that puts some autumn ferns underneath his Leland that looks just great. It's green from the bottom to the top, but the bottom is composed of fern foliage and the top is Leland cypress foliage. So you get some evergreens and put underneath and it hides the trunk if that's not what you want to see. So it's usually not a water issue with them because they're very drought tolerant. Not yet. Right? Well, they're not all that drought tolerant, but if you've had them in the ground for 10, 10 years or so, then they're established. They have a root system that's big enough to take care of their needs. Even during dry seasons, I think that Leland's generally can tolerate dry seasons pretty well unless they've just been planted in the last six months or so. They really need water then. Well, thank you so much. That helps a lot. I know what to do now. All right. Thanks for calling, Brian. Have a good day. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Brian's place. we got Emily in Lawrenceville in just a minute who wants to know when to cut back her bee bomb. Kay is in Tequila. Her daisies died. She's sad. Wants to know what to do about that. Robert needs a recommendation for a good border shrub. And Rebecca McDonough has a dogwood tree that bloomed red. And now it's blooming pink. What is going on? We'll find out more about them in just a minute. We'll be right back. After news. Sorry. 